Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Jane Walden, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. It is so great being back with you. It's, it's, I feel like we lost a a year and a half of our lives, and the last time I was smiling was when I had a podcast with you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, it's it's been it's been a long time that we've been going through all of this. Um, I, I may have to make you a co-host at this point. Oh, let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it because this is your. I think I'll have to go back and check the the archives. Um, this is your sixth visit to the Entree Architect podcast. You have shared so much valuable information with us in our community. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Um, and I'm really very excited about talking about uh, your book, your new book today. I'm looking forward to, to that. I want to just introduce you to the people who may not know who you are. Uh, first of all, if you, if you don't know Jane, go back to the archives over at entrearchitect.com. You can go to entrearchitect.com slash slash search. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Slash <laughs> search. And you can search anything there, but search uh, Jane Walton and you will find uh, five episodes on the podcast. The first one, this is amazing. First one back in August of 2015 was your first visit, How to Avoid Burnout. And then you were back in February 2018, organizing your business beautifully. Um, and then during COVID, I invited you on. We saw that there was a need. For there was clearly a crisis. You were on in October, not October, April 
2020, right as the COVID crisis hit. We did a two-part episode, actually two episodes, so two parts, unleashing the collective power of your team, very focused on what are we doing right now in that time of crisis, but very applicable to everything that's happening today. So go back and listen to that. And then the last one was just this past July, you were on for how to delegate, a question that we get so often from small farm architects. How do I delegate so I can be more focused in the things I do? So go to entrearchitect.com slash search. You can find all of that. Jane helps leaders and teams see their businesses from a new perspective. She empowers groups to stop wasting precious time on activities and that don't under, that don't add considerable value and focus on what truly matters. And that's what Jane's all about. Jane knows that by cutting out the noise, you will run your business in a productive and fulfilling manner. Employees will be more focused and less stressed and you will deliver brilliant, brilliant business that secures a lifetime of loyal clients. She is an author and an engaging, dynamic public speaker. That's why I love having her here. She's always sharing uh, great knowledge in a very direct but very positive way, telling it the way it is. Um, so I always love having you on the show, Jane. It's, so, it's a pleasure having you here with us today. Good to be here. Thanks. You have a new book called Work is Art. And you sent me a, a preview copy of it, and it is beautiful. Um, and it is, it's something that everybody should go check out. Um, it is a provocative name for an architect. Work is art that rings very true to many of us. Um, I want to I dive into the book just for some context. So anybody who, who – I, w- I would highly recommend everybody go back to one of those upper, other episodes and listen to Jane's full origin story fascinating life and and how she got to where she is today. Uh, But just for some context, uh, Jane, why don't you give us a little bit of a a brief version of that story? Who who are you and what do you do? Sure. Well, I've spent the last 20 plus years in the AEC industry, um, 11 of those as a consultant. And what's nice about being a consultant is you can kind of choose who you want to work with. So I want to work with architects. I want to work with interior designers, planners. So that's the world I have um, embraced. That's what I grew up with. My dad was an architect. Um, So that's where I spend a lot of my time. And yes, I knew um, this book in particular would appeal to designers. Um, I sort of call it, uh, it's almost like a children's book for adults in that it is lots of graphics, lots of beautiful design and not too many words, but we're really careful about the words we chose. Yeah, it's beautifully designed. And it does sort of, you open it up and it's sort of like a storybook, like in the way it's presented. You, you feel like, okay, I'm going to sit down, get a good, got a cup of hot chocolate and wrap myself in a blanket and I'm going to sit and, and read work as art. Um, and it shares a powerfully simple message for our community, specifically of, of architects and designers. Why? What was the inspiration? Why did you write it? You know, I... I being in with a big company and then working with all different sizes of companies, I always saw where, and I even noticed this when I was a leader before I sort of got in an HR role, it's people kept sort of adopting the flavor of the month. So mission statement, vision statement, business excellence, core competencies, even the why. And I I hope I'm here from Simon because I kind of, I'll I'll tell, tell you why I even put that in there. But I would sit with leaders and they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got this program. It's great. And uh, we have uh, values. 
And I said, great, what are your values? None of them could tell me. You got to go look it up. You know, we've got the vision statement. What is it? Nobody could tell me. And so it's, it's, and, and so this, uh, my favorite quote is a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. And this was written oh. by a, a gentleman, I think he, in the thirties, he was doing business thirties uh, or forties. Um, and I have that in the book, but it's people are, it, people are, get, are so overwhelmed with what they're having to do and any other noise on top of it, that's not adding value. Um, you know, I talk about that, um, you know, overwhelm the brain. So all of these ideas, this mission statement, vision, competencies, lean, all these things are all great individually, but kind of like paint. And I use this analogy in the book of like using the elements that you would use to create a piece of work to design your company. Too many bright, shiny colors mixed together become brown, muddy mess. And so you overwhelm the brain and you don't have anything. Nothing sticks, nothing's meaningful, and nothing, you know, there's just not a clear action, uh, something that people can sit, really sink their teeth into. So I, I look at how much time and energy these designers spend thinking through every detail of a room, every detail of a finish, every detail of the flow of a. And so I want them to do the same for their company. So there's, it's beautifully thought through. There's not any more than it needs to be. It, it flows well and it's simple. And then I sort of walk them through, I think, how they can do this. Can you, can you walk us through some of the ways of how the book is structured so we can sort of have an sure. understanding of, of what it's all about? Sure. And I use the elements of, of art design. So I use, uh, you know, contrast, scale, focal point, unity, rhythm. So I, I go into detail with each one of them. But I think it starts with, especially for smaller firms, and especially if you're new, I, I feel like it takes five years to start even figuring out who you are, <laughs> you know, yeah. and what you have to offer. So that takes some time. But you have to be really clear on where you want to stand out amongst the others. And then when you think of where you want to stand out, does it make a difference to, to folks? Um, but a lot of times I'll go in to firms and it's very clear to me after some time visiting with people where, where they stand out. I just did this exercise with a, a firm in Boston and we, we got feedback from clients. You know, what is their differentiator? How do they stand out? And first of all, everyone needs to do that because the feedback you'll get a lot of times is just beautiful. And that's stuff you can use on your website. So that's good. But it shows what they're left with. You know, after working with you, what is it that they're left with? So I always, you know, we we get in our brain, you know, who we are and what we are and are we delivering on it? You know, I I worked with a firm who was, you know, going to be very, very, very engaged in sustainability. They were early on. um, And they have a beautiful statement that they say internally and externally People externally don't really understand what they're saying, but it sounds pretty beautiful. And I found out people internally sometimes didn't really know what it meant. And also, they were taking work that wasn't fitting what they said they're all about. And that was disappointing and confusing to folks. But I think getting really clear on what you're about, and then does that make good business sense? You know, you got to sort of test, do people want it? Will they pay for it? Is it, um, is it the right way to go? So. I think that's where everyone needs to start in designing their company. And it's not to say you can't change that and it can't evolve. 
Um, but I think you need to go through that process because people who are working for you need to understand it and people that um, are wanting to hire you need to understand it. And I say too that, you know, uh, someone said, you know, we, we design beautiful buildings. And I said, you know, that's sort of the point of entry of being an architect from a right. client's point of view. Well, of course you do. You're an architect. So t- tell me more. Um, and really what I like to get it down to is sort of three areas of focus that kind of build on each other. We call that the focal point. Um, but, but I would say with contrast to who you are, and then if you're a specialist, then you need to be hiring specialists to do the work. If you're doing generalist work, then that's a different person to hire. If you're doing a lot of, uh, have a lot of projects going on, that takes a different person that can multitask. So there's a lot of strings that go through, you know, understanding that and scaling your business. Yeah. Um, but, but focus is, you know, what, what I'm trying to get to is what are the three things they can remember that you're all about? And then um, how do you, so they're making decisions based on that throughout the day. Um, you're uh, selling that, you're able to deliver on it. And I really like when you have three things that also apply to how you're working together internally and organizing things internally. It's not just an external focus, uh, but pe- something people can re- remember and then they can start, you can start getting momentum on it. This is my big thing, Marcus, that so many firms are scrambling around and they can't get momentum. I'm, I'm getting ready to meet with a firm in an hour and, um, and they've been acquired, they were acquired a while back and they're still acting like an individual firm and they're still trying to figure out all the different markets they need to be in. And part of me, you know, part of my conversation is when you were acquired, what did they hire you for? And are you really, really razor sharp focused on that to get huge momentum? This is an international firm. Um, But sometimes it's just people need to step back and look at the situation and see where they're focused. Because if you're focused on too many things, that's going to fry people out and you're not going to get much momentum in it. You know, you're not going to be able to, it's the firms that are really focused on a market as an example or client and they're doing, they're doing R and D on it. They're really focused on it and they're jump leapfrogging over firms that aren't doing that, but maybe have been in that market a long time. So momentum is everything. And that's really what this book is about is creating momentum. Yeah, I love how you break it down into these five elements that we can all relate to as architects and designers. Contrast, scale, focal point, unity, and rhythm. Um, we can all relate to that. We all understand what those words are. But but what Jane is doing is applying those words to designing our business and, and sort of breaking down how we design a successful business. We need to uh, to focus on each one of these these elements uh, to design a, a business that works really well. So, so you started with contrast and understanding that, that uh, the, the contrast allows a firm to stand out, right? That, that, that's what contrast does. It sort of gives you two sides, uh, black and white and darkness and light. Uh, it, it calls out a specific piece in the arts. If you're talking about art, it's ca- calling out something specific in the artwork. Um, we need to do that as a company to stand out and, and, uh, be able to call attention to ourselves. Uh, we need to be different, right? There needs to be something that can be very specific to us that differentiates us from other architecture firms, right? And then, and Absolutely. then, 
and then and then we, we you you go through scale and and talking about you know the size of the firm and and how much space you actually have on your website on your home screen um, some breaking these down how much space do you take up in the marketplace right in terms of scale mm-hmm. uh, very mm-hmm. interesting in terms mm-hmm. of once you understand who you are as a firm and what you differentiate uh, then you then you sort of start well I'm not gonna put words in your mouth how does that how does scale break down in yeah. your architecture firm absolutely I talk a little bit about if you're a generalist um, so a firm I met with last week is a generalist and they want to be a generalist um, they like doing a variety of things and now they're competing against experts but they seem to be winning because they of where, how their folks, what their reputation has become. Uh, but they need people who can do kind of generalist work. Typically, if you're a generalist, you're competing against a lot of generalists. So really, if you can plant deep roots locally, that's a good place to start. Um, and then it, you can be a specialist. So if there's a certain type of work that you do, I worked with a group that does rec centers as an example. And so they're used to working with the government, local government, you know, uh, parks and rec and and maneuver through all of that and um so they become a specialist so regionally um they're definitely people are hearing about them because they specialize they know what they're doing um and even you know nationally depending on on the work that you have so the more you specialize the more you're going to have a national reach or you can be a generalist specialized in a certain industry um so there's, um, I know I've got clients that work with the GSA a lot, so they know how to maneuver through, which I don't know that I would recommend people getting into that business, working with the government, all the paperwork, but they know how to do it. So they do all sorts of stuff for that client. So there's, they specialize in, in being able to maneuver through that. Um, so again, expert generalist, and then a kind of a generalist, uh, I'm a generalist. Uh, but my expertise is A and E industry. I know your world. I know what's going on. I've seen a few different even recessions <laughs> through you guys. I mean, I've been there and I've been around. So that makes me a specialist in that world. But I'm doing generalist work. Yeah, yeah. And in the book, you talk about focal point, and and you you mm-hmm. started talking about having very specific key areas in your business that you want. You're the market to recognize you for and your employees to understand that's who we are and what we do, mm-hmm. right? Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about focal point? Yeah, so I focal points where the, it's probably the hardest part for me to write in the book because it was so critical and yet I try to, you know, keep this as not going down a rabbit hole. But the focal point is where you want to be focused internally to deliver on, you know, that that contrast. So, um you look at areas of concentration. And again, I use three as an example. It's sort of a magical word. We, I mean, magical number. We know that in design and people can re can remember three. Um, and so if we, you can find three areas. So um, let's see uh, the group that I worked with last week, they, their three became impact context and experience. And context was um they really they're generalists but they really dig into where the building is they're very familiar with their city uh very ingrained in their city 
And so they really use context into where that building is around folks. And, and so they really create kind of unexpected solutions. They, they don't have that, their look. Um, but their look is really when we heard from clients, their look was elegant. We kept hearing elegant over and over again. Um, so context is one of the first place they go to uh, when they're looking at a building design. And then impact really gets back to that elegance part of it. I mean, uh, they, uh, in fact, a client had a quote that, you know, you're someplace when you walk into their building, which is just beautiful. I said, put it on your website. It's a great <laughs> quote. Um, and then experience is really when they got feedback from clients. Clients feel, in fact, one of the other quotes was, you don't need an owner's rep with this firm because the experiment experience is very personal. They listen, they collaborate and they really do. I mean, at a level, I'm a consultant working with them and I've never felt more loved in my life, which is sort of not, not regular. Usually you're a consultant and everyone's afraid of you when you come in, but um, you know, there's something really special. So we we outline these three areas, and that's really what they're going to focus on. Those three areas as they're getting work, delivering work, um, and as they're working together, they want the experience in, inside the firm to be just as special, and it is. Um, context is where they're going to go. That's going to be part of their everything that they design. And then, you know, with that experience and bringing people together, their impact is just tremendous. Um, and that's part of their heart of where where they want to be focused on um, in their city and what they want to be contributing. But these three things, let's say you're going to design something internally, a program, well, impact, context, and experience are those, those are the three things you're going to use. Uh, when you're coming up with solution, when you're going to innovate, when you're looking at where do I, uh, where are we going to invest in the company, impact, context, experience, you know, training on people on experience and getting um, what is that experience that we want everyone outside of the firm to have with anyone inside the firm? Um, so it's three things they can remember and they can get momentum on. And then if each person owns these three, they're going to come up with ideas every day that they're working. They're going to be thinking of these things. And again, momentum is the key in this. Um, and if everyone's focused on this versus 5,000 different things, uh, you're going to, you're going to really make a difference. And then people get really excited about that. You know, when they know they've got some autonomy and, um, and they can deliver on this and how they delivered on it, that's very exciting. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out your financials on your own is not one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business from building and tracking invoices to managing online payments to organizing expenses and automates them with features like the new digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours per week in the process, 11 hours. FreshBooks has your back at tax time too. It's almost tax time. 
with a ton of reports to choose from. You'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand the keys over to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Try FreshBooks. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. No credit card required. It's free. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect. Freshbooks.com slash architect. Get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with your 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. If you haven't used RCAT's Spec Wizard before, now is the time. Spec Wizard is a patented tool that allows you to specify a product in just three simple steps, all for free, without even registering. Completely accessible, completely free. Step one, research and find the right products for your project at rcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Step two. Use the SpecWizard tool to select products and options, right? Simple. Step three, generate a complete three-part CSI or CSC specification based on your selections. That's it. A complete three-part specification in an instant with SpecWizard. Again, SpecWizard is free to use and requires no registration, no payment, no email, none of it. It's free. Just head over to rcat.com and try SpecWizard today. SpecWizard at rcat.com. That's rcat.com. A-R-C-A-T dot com. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. What I love about the book is that it's not only strategic, right? We're talking about strategy here. Sort of these these design elements are sort of a strategy, but you all, it's very tactical as well. It's it's laid mm-hmm. out where you not only teach the reader about each one of these elements and why it's important and how we can use it, but then you actually give us some specific instructions on how to apply it to your architecture firm, which I love. So yeah. it's not just yeah. inspiration and oh yeah, I'm really excited about this and it's a great beautiful book, which it all is, but it mm-hmm. also says now go do it. And you give yeah. them very specific answers, you know, questions and fill in the blanks and all those kind of things. Yeah. And I think there's still, you know, I work with creatives, so they don't like being told what to do or how <laughs> to go about it. In fact, when I was doing this session last week, I could just tell, you know, I was taking them through the process and there was a couple amazingly creative people. And you knew at first they were like, I don't want to do it. That way. But at the end, it came out and they're like, oh, this kind of works. So I tried to keep it, you know, loose uh, that you guys can uh, make it your own. Um, hopefully I've made it clear enough. I mean, I could make it really, really, really clear, but I did. Um, I mean, it gives, it gives you enough to work with, um, which I think is important. Uh, but I think, yeah, focal point to me is the key to getting this. And it's not to say you can't put, it's interesting when this group, when we came up with the three, it was like, a lightning bolt through the room because they're like this is it you know and that's when you know you got it now you may go through this and then realize one of them too iffy or you know uh, needs to have another word I mean it's great to have three words you can have a few things if you need to uh, but you just, you certainly want it memorable um, so it's not to say you can't go back and tweak it a little bit but boy you know when you know yeah for sure and everything you know like like 
uh, business plans, the old way of doing things this way too. It's not, you're not locking this into stone, right? It's not being chiseled right. into a tablet. You're putting this together saying, here's what I feel about at this moment, right? And this gives us some direction on the move forward in a positive way. And then things will change, right? Life will change. We'll have pandemics, right? Well, everything, the world continuously yep. changes and evolves and so should your business because mm -hmm. you evolve Absolutely. as a person. I am a very different person today at 51 than I was when I was 29, when I first yeah. launched my architecture firm. Very, very different person, very different priorities, very different goals in life. Um, and so it is intentional that you should plan, move forward, and then adjust. Um, so we, we, we talked about contrast and scale and focal point. The other two that are in the book are unity and rhythm. Uh, how do we apply the design element of unity to our to our architecture firms? Yeah, so we, we've got the areas that we want folks to focus on, but it's really important for them to understand the whole business cycle. Um, so, uh, and, and how they're impacting that from getting work to, a lot of times when I go in a firm, I do kind of call it um, your, uh, well, it's, it's sort of, it's current state, but um, it's, how are you doing? And I, we grade it, A, B, C, D, F, you know, finding work, winning work, delivering work, uh, you know, the work withstands the test of time. Um, kind of, I think I call them factors of success, but people need to know what it takes to what they're up against going for a project. So then you can get good feedback on, well, have we tried this or what about this? Um, then they need to know, okay, here's, we, we won and here's what's important to the client. This is a little different. If you're working with a PM, they may want things a little bit differently. Um, but the whole winning work, delivering work, you know, making sure it's sound from a technical, um, quality standpoint and that it withstands the test of time. And so people need to understand that. So it really is making sure people are understanding how what they're doing on, at any moment in time is impacting the overall picture. Yeah, I often talk about managing expectations of our clients. This is sort of managing the expectations of our teams, right? There is a, mm -hmm. a normal business cycle that happens in our industry. We have ups and right. downs. Every year it's the same way. Sometimes it's a little more, sometimes it's a little less, but essentially the pattern is the same. Um, and so our teams need to understand that as well, right? And and by yeah. communicating communicating that on a regular basis, um, so they so they all understand how these business cycles are coming. You can manage their expectations. Yep, we're going to get into a tight point point right around here. Up, oh, and it's going to boom right after that, and it's all going to be okay. Yeah. We know what we're going to do. We're all in this together. That's unity, right? And then we and it allows us to um, come together through those tough times and thrive during those those strong times. Absolutely, and even in the projects, it's here's where we got time to figure it out. Yeah. Here's where we got to stop making changes and move on. And here's, you know, um, and, and, and when people understand that, that they know when to say, I need help, you know, this is going south. This is taking me a long time. Um, so if they know how they fit in, they know where to ask for help. Um, and they're not afraid to do that. You know, the other thing I'm hearing right now, I mean, clients are freaking out and they are stressing out our project managers like never before. And then this project manager stressed out and then that kind of gets to the team. But if the team understands, here's what we're up against, here's what we're working on, then they know how to sort of jump in and help out 
And it's not like, you know, Joe's a grump these days and what's going on with him. But, um, and, and, and again, you can come up really great solutions when you share that. So people really need to understand the business side of what they're doing. Yeah, the, the uh, building a culture of communication is key. Mm. It's really mm -hmm. important that, that it's not just a system that we've put in place or it's just, you know, at this moment we have this important thing, so we're going to tell you about it. But the entire yeah. culture yeah. of your firm is communication. We share what's going to happen. This is what's going to expect to happen. Oh, there's a crisis. Here's the crisis. Here's the plan to, to fix that crisis. And then you'll get that back to you, right? Your project manager mm -hmm. will openly communicate with you. The, the, the team will say, oh, I have this question. I don't understand this rather than, oh, I don't understand this. I can't let them know that I don't understand this. Right. The culture right. of communication will allow your whole team to communicate and, and build that unity. Yeah. You know, it, it, when you do that, there's not, when I talk to leaders today, I say, your role right now is to take out any unnecessary stressors that are, everyone's stressed out enough. So if people are needing an answer to something, you're getting that. Um, I worked with, uh, with an engineering firm the couple of weeks ago and just leaders very stressed out. And part of the stress is the firm hasn't decided what our work from home policy is. It's like, Figure that out. It's stressing people out. What do you take anything off that's not adding, um, uh, that's adding unnecessary stress? And if you get in this cadence of unity where you're really talking through that, those things just go away. You know, you figure them out and you move on. It's not building up, building up, building up stress. Um, it goes away. And if you're not used to doing this, another conversation I had with a firm that they hadn't been contacting people one-on-one -on -one through all of this. I mean, when people are stressed, and uncertain, they sort of hunker down and get really quiet and, and pull in. And so they said, we need to do one-on-ones. And I said, we've got to be careful how you're doing the one-on-one. Why one-on-ones now? Part of it, they're losing people. So people might go, oh, great. Now they're contacting me. Right. But I, but I said, it's going to take five one-on-ones minimum to start building trust. That first one will not be build trust. It's like, why are you doing this? Um, so just know this unity it's, it's, it is, it takes time. So the more you're doing it, the more that builds. And um, if you haven't done it, then you need to kind of be committed in the past, get committed on how you're going to do this and communicate it and do it. Um, but it's key. People want to be a part of something, you know, and th that leads us right into the final design element of your, of your, of your firm is rhythm, mm -hmm. right? That's very related to what we were just talking about. Actually, we were just talking about a lot of that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. How does rhythm tie into it? Rhythm is all about evolving your company. So it's stopping and saying, how did that go? What did we learn? What would we do differently? And certainly, and an even any stage of a project would be good. But it's this idea of, you know, ideation and um, what are we learning from this? What should we lean into more of it? I call it reflection, ideation, and adaptation. So the adaptation is, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. And we love that. You know, we love this figuring stuff out and hearing from folks. Um, and, and the key is to hear from everyone. We're not hearing from the quiet folks. And I think I've talked to you a lot about that in the past. Yeah. Um, but creating those conditions and, and um, especially when it's problem solving, people are more likely to speak up than their opinion. Um but um, with with you know, if you are constantly stopping and looking and 
and saying, okay, we can change that. We'll change that now going forward. That's that evolution um, because you could be missing out on stuff. Things are changing. We're seeing that right now. I facilitate a session with, um, uh, it was a Parks and Rec. It was, uh, they were doing this fancy, fancy water thing. It was the first, first pool in this area, which is crazy. So we had the architect, the water specialist, the contractor, and the Parks and Rec. And one of the things we talked about was, um, okay, we got to do this differently. If we're going to get materials on time and choices of materials and what we can get at any moment in time, because it's changing every week. So they had to create this rhythm, this new rhythm within the group of uh, handling this project differently than they have any others, uh, which by the way, I think we're going to figure out is probably the right way to go about it anyway <laughs> but um yeah got to get in this 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 rhythm of of um adaptation and evolving and growth yeah that that it's Especially now. and that's very intentional right that's something that has mm -hmm. to be very intentional mm -hmm. it goes back to what we were just talking about with unity that those one-on-ones right that's not something oh there's a crisis maybe we should start right. having one-on-ones that there's an intention all right we're going to have one-on-ones and this is when we're going to have them you know, the mm -hmm. evolution of a design or the ideation of the design and how that evolves throughout the process can be applied to your architecture firm as well. Uh, but that's all very intentional. It's planned and, and scheduled and created, right? When you create a, a piece of architecture or either even a piece of art, you start with an idea, right? It's mm -hmm. sketched mm -hmm. out and you say, okay, I'm going to put the, the paint here and we're going to put a little paint here. And then through the creation of that piece of artwork, it evolves and it and it ends up very often in a very different place than you had planned in the beginning, but it's because it's been it was very intentional. You had this idea of what it's going to be, you 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 proceeded and then you adjusted, uh, you yeah. evolved throughout the process, and you do the same thing with your business. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we said in the book was it's you know uh, rhythm is about a fre frequent critical exploration becomes a welcome dance between ideas and points of view. You want that joy to relieve of, you know, through these conversations. And I see this when people talk about buildings and um, uh, ideas around design. I see that energy. So we need to have that same energy as we're coming back and critically looking at stuff and learning from it. Um, and, you know, if you get that rhythm of that going, I mean, that's, you're going to be just fine because that's everything for a firm. If people feel comfortable doing that and they should, it's, it's only good stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I love the, I love it. And, and, and I, and I believe that um, our community will, will resonate with this book. I think that, that it will, they will look at it and they'll say, Oh, this is me. This makes sense for me. Um, and so understanding yeah. contrast, scale, focal point, unity, rhythm and, and applying that to your architecture firm so you can design a beautifully, uh, productively, uh, functional, successful architecture firm, um, it, you'll, it'll, it'll become very intuitive, right? You'll look at it and mm -hmm. you'll say, oh, mm -hmm. yes, I understand exactly how that works. Um, yeah. And so uh, it, it, I think that our, architects will really love this book. So how how do we get it? Where Where's the book yeah. available? Well, and, and I will add to what you said. I mean, what I know about architecture is it's a hell of a lot of work. It doesn't pay like, you know, an IT kid in Silicon Valley. There's a lot at stake. So you want it to be as great ex and as an experience as possible. Um, so the book you can get on my website. I'm not doing right now Amazon or anything like that because it's real specialized. We can't do bulk print, you know, 
the way they do it. And I don't think it's for everyone. So it's on my website, janewaltonconsulting.com. Um, and also be putting a workshop. I've got a couple different ways I'm going to help group, uh, groups with this. One is a, a group virtual workshop. Um, you'll get to have, you know, three folks from your firm go through it. And I recommend, a, you know, a leader and then two levels below that person going through it. Um, and then you'll also have some one-on-one -on -one time with me through that, especially as we work through focal point. Or you can have me come in and do the whole kit and caboodle for your firm. Um, so that's that's what I've got um, offered, and that will be starting in 2022. But uh, yeah, on my website, you can learn all about this. All right. The website is janewaltonconsulting.com. We'll have a link to that on the show notes. We'll also... Uh, Jane will send us that information. We'll we'll put it out to our community so when those things are available, you'll know all about it. Um, okay. Before we wrap things up here, Jane, I'd love to get your take on the final question. You've answered this several times before. Um, every time you answer it in a different way. And so what do you think today? <laughs> What's one thing that a small firm architect can do today, right now, to build a better business for tomorrow? I think it's just getting really organized and thoughtful so you can get the momentum that you're looking for and you're not just in this quagmire of you know wound up in a yarn you know a bunch of yarn or a big ball of string so thoughtful and organized jane walton is her name jane walton consulting.com is the website um work is art is the name of the book go check it out at jane walton consulting.com we'll have links to all of that on the show notes Jane, you always come with valuable information. You always leave me thinking, oh, I need to think about what I'm doing here at Entree Architect and Gable Media in a different way. You always sort of open my mind to sort of look at, at the way I'm doing things differently. And I know you're doing that with everybody who's listening. So I appreciate you for dedicating yourself to our profession. Uh, we are better for your activity in our profession. So I appreciate you for everything that you do for us architects and for sharing your knowledge here again at Entree Architect Podcast. And thank you, Mark. And I will say I'm such a believer in what you're doing for the small architecture firms. And it's been so much needed. And I know how incredibly hard you work. I feel so guilty when I talk to you because I know how much time and effort you put into everything you do. And it's a it's an inspiration for me. Um, so let's do let's do more of this. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. I appreciate that very much. All right. Thank you. Have a great week. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review. Yep. If you liked this episode, go write about it. Wherever you're listening to this episode, they all have access to a, a rating or a review. I ask you to do that because that's how other architects will find it and share this link. The link to this episode, if you liked it, share it with a friend who maybe not may not know what we're doing here at Entree Architect. That's how we've grown over the last 10 years. Yes, 2022 is our 10th year here at Entree Architect Podcast, and that is how we've grown because you share this link with a friend. That's how we've grown, to serve thousands more architects just like you. And thank you to our sponsors because we could not do it without them. To sponsors for this episode, FreshBooks and ArtCat, thank you for their support. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today on this episode are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. 
Andre Architect is a member of Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Go check out gablemedia.com. We, right now we have 10 podcasts on gablemedia.com, all architecture, engineering, construction. You will love it. It's built for you. For you go check it out at gablemedia.com and coming to austin this fall austin texas this fall of 2022 the entree architect community annual meeting yes the first ever live and in-person conference for you small firm architects come hang out with us in austin this autumn Visit entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting right now to learn more and subscribe for updates that's entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting, our conference for small firms. I hope to see you in Austin. Thank you for listening today. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. 
It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.